Delivering clear, concise, and entertaining content on demand, this is SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community. Welcome to Hire Up, the podcast designed to help you take your business to a higher level. Get the latest news and updates on everything human resources. Unlock the occupational DNA so you can identify, select, develop, and retain top talent. And now your host, John Beck. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Higher Up, the podcast devoted to everything human resources and taking your business to a higher level. In the studio today and back again, I'd like to welcome my good friend and show panelist, Melinda Stallings. Melinda holds a bachelor's degree in business administration and a master's in industrial organizational psychology. With over 20 years of research and experience in the field of leadership and power from a positive perspective, whether as a keynote, a facilitator of her acclaimed Positively Positive programs, or a coach, she will inspire and empower you. I know she has inspired me. Melinda Stallings, welcome to the show. Thank you, John. It's great to be back with you. I love having you. Love having you. Always like a breath of sunshine Uh, when you walk in the door. I appreciate that. And we are going to kick off a topic that I can tell you, when you go to Melinda's website, www.melindastallings.com, by the way, a little plug for the site there, (laughs) you're going to see a host of topics, certainly her positive conflict resolution work, but you also see a host of other workshops and topics that she has. And I guess because of some things going on in my life, I'm being greedy. (laughs) I looked up this topic and it's positively balanced stress management for work, family, and business. Correct. I guess I was kind of cheating a little bit because I was just drawn to it. We even talked about the topic, sure. and I came back to it. You, you were watching me today, and you said, you know what? That might be a good topic for you, John. I, I think that's where we need to go. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounds good. Well, let's just go right into the topic. When you think about what's going on in the workplace today, what are the challenges that employees in the area of work-life balance, from a high-level perspective, What are employees saying? What's the feedback? What's causing stress in the workplace for for general working population? What's going on there? I do believe this is a fabulous topic, John, very timely for the HR group as well as employees. And what we're finding, of course, is that with the economy and the situation that it's been, many people are expected to do more with less. And so we're finding that maybe positions aren't being replaced when there has been a downturn in the business or companies are unable to to refill a position and we've got people who are retiring and so we've got just a bevy of situations that are occurring to impact that what we're finding is that individuals then sometimes don't have all of the necessary skills or they're thrown into compensating, learning new tasks and Mm -hmm. and new um, ways of doing things on a very quick basis. And of course, when we know that we don't know how to do something, that brings some kind of fear and trepidation. And so maybe we have to bring things home with us. Maybe we have to stay later. And uh, so what what, what is happening is that 
individuals and companies as well are beginning to see that the, the, the levels of stress are rising simply to meet the rising demand of getting the work done. The production demand. Absolutely. We want more for less and we want it faster. Yeah, faster and quicker. Yeah, faster and quicker. <laughs> everything's in that. Everything's now. Yeah. I run across that so much in, in, in our business and what we do. And the expectation just continues to get tighter timelines and expecting more, which, you know, the goal is to always increase productivity, increase performance, but at what cost? Right. At what cost? You know, it leads right into technology mm-hmm. and how's technology affecting work-life balance for employees and individuals How, what's the impact of that because you see it seems like you never unplug correct john i i've uh, often joked that my next book is going to be entitled the disconnected connected society because individuals are completely connected as you as you just spoke of we never seem to unplug and there's a lot of research out there that talks to how people always have at least one cell phone with them, sometimes two, if they have a company cell phone and their personal cell phone, all of the things that go along with that. And technology, while it was devised to truly help us be more efficient and more effective at work, has become somewhat intrusive in personal lives. Mm -hmm. And so that's further compounding the problem that we have with that work-life balance. When you think about social media and the impact of that as well, because social media is almost tied to work as well. And when I think about my own social media uh, presence, I have LinkedIn, which I kind of always try to have business, but then Twitter, then Facebook and Snapchat, and you start adding all this up. And I find myself connected to work relationships, personal relationships, and it's just a constant barrage of information and updates and responding. It's become just part of my daily routine. If I'm sitting in traffic or if I'm waiting for a table in a restaurant or whatever the case is, I'm checking email, I'm doing this, I'm doing that, and it's just a never-ending connected feeling that I have. And I sometimes at night and get scolded by (laughs) friends and family, especially some of my friends who are used to reaching me on a dime. I'll turn my phone off. Beautiful. Eight o'clock at night, I'll turn my phone off. Then they call me the next morning. Why weren't you returning my calls? What's wrong? Your phone is going straight to voicemail. But I needed that time. I needed to just turn it off. And then my kids are like, Dad, is your phone off? (laughs) Yeah, it's off. There's an off button. You can actually turn it completely off. Not silence it, turn it off. I don't think enough people do that. Right. We are overwhelmingly connected it really does impact our family life. You just said your children are saying, Dad, is your phone off? It's almost like, whoa. Yeah. I, I can't believe Dad's 100% present with us now. <laughs> and and we know from research, from studies, the family life is now beginning to dwindle. On average, people are spending a little over two hours per day on social media. Regardless of whether you want to or not, yeah. it can sometimes become addicting for Lent, right. I, I gave up Facebook. I love uh, it. And it was amazing how freeing it was. Now, I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging the social media because it plays a vital role Absolutely. in my life as an sure. entrepreneur, as well as major organizations. Mm-hmm. We get great information through it. But if we don't watch it, it can become consuming in terms of the balance at work, how much time we're spending surfing the web, how much time we're spending on Facebook or some of the other social media aspects that you talked about can 
certainly in, influence the productivity yeah, of and, our employees. And, and, and adding stress because that's time that may be taken away from other productive activities, which then puts you into different modes of getting things done on time. And you know, John, one of the conversations that I've had with a group that I belong to is that it has sometimes become daunting because social media, media is upping the ante. Oh, well, what are they doing? Oh, well, look how great their life is. Oh, well, what's happening in their world? Oh, they're taking a vacation. Oh, I'm not taking a vacation. So I think it's important that we keep that in perspective as well, that, you know, simply because someone else is doing something, it doesn't mean that you don't have some of some right. qualities that... <laughs> while, you were, while you were explaining that, I was envisioning Leave it to Beaver. Remember right, that right. sitcom? June. Uh, yeah, June. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Ward and June. We're dating ourselves. That's who. Yeah. <laughs> and I used to watch that religiously. But anyway, keeping up with the Joneses, they would just look out the window and right. see, oh, the Joneses have a new car. Maybe we might get a new car, June. Now you look into your window, and your window is Facebook, and you see everybody doing everything great. Because what do you post? You post all the great stuff. You know, you start thinking about what I don't have or what I do have, and you start measuring yourself against not just the Joneses, but all the Joneses. Of course. Because all the good stuff is being posted every day. I'm really making an effort, not only in my own personal life, but is to unplug every day. It's been a habit I've kind of been getting into around that 8 o'clock hour which I know is still three hours of home time that That's I should fabulous. have unplugged. I should have unplugged at five o'clock, but I just can't get myself to do it. But at eight o'clock, I have been turning my cell phone off. And for those friends and family who try to reach me at eight o'clock, you probably won't be able to get me to the next morning unless you actually call my home phone number, which I still have, <laughs> by the way. I'm probably one of the few that still have a home, home phone number. With that in mind, unplugging concept, it leads me right into vacation that's the time where you're supposed to be able to totally let loose forget about work forget about all the different things that are going and that's your de-stress you always say coming back from a vacation energized is that happening in the american workforce are we unplugging and taking our getting our batteries charged is that happening only about 50 percent of the time which is a staggering for me a pretty staggering statistic According to an article in Market Watch, what we are observing is that individuals are still taking their laptops, individuals are still being connected via their phone. And some people, one of one of the things that I like to advocate is rather than doing that, if you if you want to talk about if you're a leader and you're in that role, what a great opportunity for you to actually delegate and develop another individual. Uh, so rather than take that work with you as a solution to that, spend some time up front knowing that you're going to leave and let someone become versed in what it is. Certainly, if there are critical incidents that occur, they could reach out to sure. the leader. It's a great opportunity for a person to learn how to be more productive and take on some new tasks. Right. What a vote of confidence in an individual sure. to say, hey, here's the keys to the ship. If you have an iceberg, call me. Other than that, there you go. Have a great trip. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got it. I'm on, yeah. on vacation. So, so that's one of the <clears> techniques <throat> also that can help to build the morale, help to build the productivity by doing exactly what you said. Give them a vote of confidence. Yeah. I know that you can handle this. And it gives that individual who's going on vacation an opportunity to unplug and recharge and just forget about the da- daily activities of what they're dealing with. Right. One of the common complaints that I hear is, 
from people, well, it took me two days to unwind before I could really start to enjoy my vacation. I'm guilty of that. (laughs) I have to go like on a nine-day vacation because two days, at least a day is getting winding down. You're still wired. Yeah. And then my vacation starts. And then I always say, I need a day back before I can actually go to work to kind of get back in the focus of things because I'm still charged up from vacation, I guess. I need a date a vacation from vacation. Yeah. So Well the other the other part with that is that people just aren't taking vacation either. Well that's what I wanted to ask you. I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, I own my own company, so my vacation's sporadic. Um, my wife usually dictates when that is. So, you know, it's not like I have a designated two weeks off, but she'll say, Hey, we're gonna do this on this day you need to make arrangements. But for the average individual who's working within an organization, you know, they'll have to put in for vacation time and request that one week if they earn it or two weeks or whatever the vacation is. And my wife's in that predicament. She works for a large organization. But I can tell you, when we wind down to the end of the year, she's saying to me, gee, I guess I'm just going to take comp pay. And I said, for what? Because I didn't take all my vacation. That's really sad. And and if you don't take it, sometimes you lose it. Absolutely. So you either take the comp pay or you take the vacation or you don't or you lose it. And I hear that a lot amongst friends and family. Not that they want the pay, but they just didn't have time to take the full vacation that they've earned or that they may have they they need. So that's gotta be affecting stress in the workplace because you're not getting that charge that that time. What uh, the statistics show, according to Money Magazine, is that 169 million vacation days go unused each year. Wow. That's staggering. That is, that is mind-blowing. <laughs> and your wife is among those. She has contributed to that number. <laughs> that is for sure. And, and so that really does speak to what are we doing to encourage that kind of behavior of employees. There are so many articles out there that talk about people who are fearful of taking time off for whatever reason. Am I going to be surpassed by someone? It's like the competition is fierce within the workplace now. Or if if I take vacation, I just know that I will have double the amount of work when I come back. That's right. So what can we do as employers or what can employers do in order to make sure that people are taking their vacation days, which in actuality, as we know, when you get that disconnect, that total disconnect, you come back refreshed, renewed, and you're able to refocus and become more productive. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a situation in which HR really needs to put their heads together. And, and are there any programs that you know of that can encourage that type of behavior by an organization. I think one is don't offer comp pay in place of it because some people say, well, I just didn't take the money and economic times are tough for a lot of folks. And if they say, well, you know, two weeks off, well, maybe I'll just take one week off and take a week's comp pay instead. That's an that's an interesting and, solution. But we also know that there are some companies that say if you don't take the vacation time, you just yeah, basically just, lose it. it you don't away. get comp. Doesn't, doesn't carry away, right. carry over either. So I'm not exactly sure what the solutions are with that, but I do believe that it's truly something that's worth exploring in order to to really let people begin to find solutions to that work-life well, balance. You, you know what the solution is, and just dawned on me as as you were talking, and that is education and actually conducting a positively balanced Balanced. seminar. And I'm not just saying that because you're here today, 
But if you have a group of employees and you're talking about stress management, work, family balance, if you're not aware or educated on how that impacts your family health, your business health, your personal health, priority's not there. But if you have an understanding of that, which leads right into what you do. Absolutely. And that is the answer. The answer is education. Educating not only the organization, but the individuals of the value of why they need that downtime. Right. Yeah, great. 75% of... Problem solved. There you go. <laughs> we'll start those education programs. Yeah. 75% of work loss is due to stress in the workplace, yeah. which manifests. It's a different form of saying there's conflict. Um, we've either got stress within ourselves mm-hmm. uh, with another person. It shows up as headaches. It shows up as backaches. It shows up as accidents on the job. Right. And so what? what's healthier to have people take that time off or to have them take time off and being sick or yeah, ill. Yeah, exactly. Goes right into the next topic, which is generationally, there's got to be, I know from generation to generation, whether you're a baby boomer, Gen X, millennial, whatever the case may be, there's uh, different generations that have different perspectives on work, life, balance. I came out of it. I'm not sure why I tag on the on scale on it. I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle, caught between the middle, but you know, I'm 48. Actually, I'm going to be 49 April 8th. I'm dating this podcast, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be, <laughs> I might have to delete that. We out. have a birthday yeah, celebration. But I do have a birthday celebration actually this week and I'm going to be 49. So I came out of uh, a group where we worked uh, and maybe it was we worked hours, whatever it took, get the job done. It was about production and performance, and it was competitive. And not every generation sees it that way. A lot of gender, a lot of groups are more balance driven, right? And how does that play an impact on the workforce of what's taking place generationally? Part of it is just in the attitudes that we have towards the work, as you alluded to, and and with boomers. It's all about get the work done, whatever the cost, however long it takes. I believe that we're beginning to see a slight shift in that kind of thinking simply because there's such an influx of a different way of thinking and this technology that is helping us to become more connected while we're physically away from work, but but able to continue to work. And I don't mean in the bad sense that, right. that I was talking about being disconnected, connected society, but more satisfying some needs. Mm-hmm. But boomers still very much are wanting to get everything done. And so they will sacrifice those vacations, that, that right. PTO, for making sure that the work is done. Millennials, kind of back to the vacations, millennials say that 35% of them work every day they're on vacation. Wow. So again, I'm not sure if that's because we're in the in the scarcity kind of market. I'm a millennial and I've got to prove myself. And um, so that'll be interesting to see what what the um, what the research bears on that. But but what we know about millennials and here's a conversation that I overheard in talking with an HR director uh, just last week that there was a millennial, it was in the healthcare field, and rather than the usual seven to three, three to 11, 11 to seven shifts, based upon some needs that they had um, discovered, right. that the patients would come in at certain intervals. And so they said, well, let's not just have it spread out evenly. Let's just have people come in at those high peak times. Right, right. 
Well, what happened with the millennials was they started really mixing up their schedules. And there was a millennial that came in and in the exit interview indicated that I'm leaving because I can't ever be assured of when my time off is. And that way I can't plan to do things with my friends. I can't plan to go out of town because I never know from a week to week basis. Whereas if I knew that I'm working seven to three and I knew I was working Tuesday through Sunday, I could, I could make some plans. So they've got their own ideas about what that work life balance is. And it is very, very important to them, Mm -hmm. to the younger generation, Mm -hmm. which is where I think we're going to begin to see much more telework and telecommuting come into play. Yeah. And speaking of those two topics, telecommuting and telework, that as we were having some pre-show discussion, really warrants an entire segment on, yeah. on just those topics. As we shift right into that mode, I've noticed that there's been a, a, a large shift of friends and family and folks I know that are starting to work from home. All right. Is that in sense organizations trying to meet that work-life balance? Or what's going on with the whole homework movement, if you will? I think it is in response to that that work life. Companies are beginning to understand that the whole culture of things is beginning to change in terms of their employees. According to a global workplace survey, 37% of all people would, would take a pay cut of at least 10% if they could telecommute on a more frequent basis. 37%. 37%. That's huge. So, and when we talk about telecommuting, for those who don't know that definition fully, that definition is... Okay, so the difference, the distinction between telework yes. and telecommuting. Telework is when you just take a little bit of work home... End of the after day, finish end of up. the day, or perhaps you say... Uh, you call in and say, I'd like to work from home, and the boss will say, yes, that's fine. Telecommuting is when you actually have days set up that you do not come into work. Um, you aren't commuting, right. so you are telecommuting, technology commuting um, right. it, with a workplace. Seems like that would be a great benefit for, in, in, in the shift in the need, it seems to be happening with the workforce. So more and more workers are wanting to have that work from home opportunity if the job could allow it. Yeah, and what what companies are finding that are adopting that are that the happiness levels go up with those employees as well as um, the productivity. And at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. It doesn't matter how many hours you're physically at a workplace. It is the productivity that organizations are really concerned with. So think about those variables. They're not stuck in traffic. I recently moved here from Houston. Mm-hmm. I twenty four point two miles took me an hour and a half wow. each way yeah. every day. So they're not stuck in traffic. There's a lower carbon footprint. Right. There's um, less gasoline. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's less commuting stress. expenses. Less commuting stress. stress. Uh, there is um, more time to maybe get a child on a bus or just have that that mm-hmm. relaxed environment home where they can feel like they're more engaged. Right. And the research is bearing that that is exactly what's happening. And it looks like that it's can often be a cost savings for an organization as well. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. From from this point as we're looking at the balance work life balance, family work balance, progressive companies there's probably a lot of different things that organizations can do. 
But kind of in a nutshell, what are the main things that you feel an organization can do to help individuals identifying that they may be under stress or that reducing stress overall within their environment? You touched on that briefly. And and one of the things, certainly one of the services that I perform is this powerful balance. And that is going in and educating the workforce on things, very minor things that you can do Mm -hmm. in order to just make your life more manageable at the workplace. Eye strain, which can really affect people at the end of the day. Eye strain and carpal tunnel syndrome as a result of being behind that computer. Get up at every hour, set your timer, a ding that you get up for five minutes. Even five minutes can help you to re-engage. I do suffer from eye strain. I know that for a fact. I get home and I feel like I just want to, ooh, it's it's rough. It is. (laughs) It it is. It's terrible. and And I get caught up and I'll lose track of time. And the next thing you know, I'm not a lunch skipper, but I'll look up and it's two o'clock and I've worked right through. So you've just hit on another aspect and that is have a buddy, have some kind of partner. And this is one of the things that I advocate in the sessions, get yourself an accountability partner and call each other and say, Hey, are you getting up for lunch? And so we know that there's lots of times when there are a myriad of things that have to be accomplished before the end of the day, but it is important that you get up, walk, get away from things. You truly are more engaged when you do that, our offices are located in a rural area. And if I'm in the office and I catch myself, I'm just bogged down and I feel like, gosh, you know, my eyes are starting to kind of hurt a little bit. And I'll just get up, walk right out of the building and take a stroll mm-hmm. right through the yard, through, through the lawn and kind of reju- rejuvenate. Sure. And, you know, it's amazing what a little vitamin D will do for Absolutely. you. It really makes a big difference for me. And so companies, I think, are trying to now incorporate more outside space, livable space for individuals that they can they can get up and walk around. One of the other things that um, I a little known fact about me, but I'm also a yoga instructor. Okay, And so within the stress workshop, one of the things we do are uh, chair yoga Mm -hmm. poses that you can actually uh, perform these exercises, these asanas at your desk or standing up and using your chair or whatever. So they're very Mm non-obtrusive and can really make a difference in alleviating back pain, neck pain. Because the other thing that you have to think about is you are hunched over a computer all day long. Your chest cavity is caved in. You're not breathing properly, which accounts for headaches, neck aches, strain, et cetera. Education first. Absolutely. For the organization and the employee. Uh, the buddy program I love mm-hmm. and taking necessary breaks and really trying to hold yourself accountable to taking those breaks, holding yourself accountable to being a healthier you. Yeah. You touched on it earlier. You said, you know, I'm in the habit of, and that's basically what happens. We get in the habit of working through lunch mm-hmm. or we get in the habit of not stopping. And so it just takes us becoming aware of some of the things that we're doing that we can do to help control our own productivity and and just plain feeling good sure. within the workplace you have anything on your schedule that's uh coming up of, i know you said you're traveling are you traveling to las vegas soon i am uh, one of the things that i truly believe in is uh, priming your own pump that's an old zig ziglar quote that you have to prime the pump so you can get the good stuff right uh, but as um, an entrepreneur i have a business coach as well and so i'll be taking three days and going to spend some intensive time 
with that business coach so I can really hone in what I need to do to be of better service and deliver better value to my clients. And you know, that's impressive because you are a coach to many. Yeah, of course. And you are constantly helping to help individuals discover the greatness within, which Thank inherently you. leads to the organizational greatness, which is great. You know, I'm using the word great a lot here, but that's but, great. It, but it says, thank you. <laughs> but it says a lot that here you are guiding and helping individuals, but yet you are still in that mode of how can I continue to improve my own situation, my own life, my own skills and task of what I do, and then making that a transferable thing to others as well. I don't know if you hear that every day when you hear about top coaches, but continuing to be coached and develop and hone in on their own scale. So my hat, my hat off to you on that. Thank That's you, John. I, I appreciate that. And I'm a firm believer that if I'm going to talk the talk, I need to walk the walk. Right. It's not enough for me to, to just rest on what I've learned in the past. I've mm-hmm. got to continue to learn and I've got to continue to stay up to date with what's happening in the environment, in the workplace with people right. and staying abreast. And, and uh, as I'd said, priming my pump as yeah. well. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. If individuals are interested, let's give them your website address, which is the best way to contact okay. them. I'll let you go and give that. It's www.melindastallings.com. All right, great. And they yeah. can contact you there. Phone information is there as well, Correct. right? Tell them a little bit about your book. The book is called The Power of Positive Conflict Resolution. It's a powerful approach, eight simple steps to Mm -hmm. take any situation from breakdown to breakthrough. And it just follows, if you can spell the word positive, you've got the approach at your fingertips to really make a difference in positive conflict Mm -hmm. resolution. People talk about conflict resolution, but many times it's just applying a Band-Aid. Right. This is positive conflict resolution, which means that we've actually worked towards a solution. It's a $549 billion problem in the United States wow. each year conflict is. Wow. So um, well, it's it's quite necessary. Yeah. And I've read the book, folks, and I can tell you I highly recommend it. I've, I've, I've applied uh, Melinda's uh, positive approach technique, not only in business, but in my professional life. And I can tell you, of all the podcasts that we've done in this episode, I'm going to say this is, I think, going to be our 10th episode and Melinda's second time on the show. And her first episode we did was The Power of Positive Conflict Resolution has been in our top broadcast. It's been our one of our top podcasts. And one of the reasons I've had people come up to me and they said they really enjoyed listening to Melinda talk about conflict resolution and What I like so much about Melinda and her topics is that certainly it can be applied to human resources and managers and taking your organization to a higher level. But everything that Melinda talks about, I don't know if you picked up on this, but everything she talks about can be transferred into your own personal life of what you do. And that, I think, is really where the the gold is and and that golden nugget is that certainly it's all, you know, we're here, we're a business podcast, we're about human resources. And if you start at the base level of the individual and you make the individual better or give them the power to be better, the education to be better, it trans 
sends and transfers to your organization. So thank you for what you do. Of course. All right. Well, that wraps up another episode of Higher Up, the podcast devoted to everything human resources. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, John. My pleasure and an honor to be here well, again. We love having you. And, I love uh, being here. Well, you'll be back again. I'm sure we'll schedule something before you hit the door. <laughs> thank you so much, Melinda. There you have it, folks. Melinda Stallings on the Higher Up Podcast. Thanks for listening to Higher Up with John Beck. For show notes, updates, and more on how to break the code to unlocking occupational DNA, join the community at hrhigherup.com. And take your business to a higher level. This has been an exclusive production of SharperTalkMedia.com. Join the community.